Hello, everyone. Welcome to Fly the Coop. I am your host, Carrie Ann Carter. After 22 years in the real estate business, I've seen my fair share of people, stories, and experiences fly the coop in one way or another. This podcast is all about telling those stories. Let's jump into the coop. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Fly the Coop. We are so excited to bring Janet Miller, one of the brilliant coaches with the Tom Ferry organization, on our interview today and talk about a multitude of things um, to include what's going on with the market right now, the mastery you just came back from, and a little bit about what Janet's doing right now with her coaching. Welcome, Janet. I'm so glad to have you on the show today. Thank you. I'm excited to be back. This is this is my second time on Fly the Coop. I love it. I know. I love having you on because I think that your shares are so valuable to anybody, whether they're in real estate or not. I think you have really cool stuff that is applicable to all of us. So mm-hmm. I'm going to let you dig right in and uh, let's begin with the market right now. Uh, it's been busy here in the Twin Cities. Tell me what's going on out there. The market is predictably unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Literally, that's how I'm, I'm, I'm describing it. Um, as you know, I coach agents from, I probably cover eight provinces and probably 15 states right now. So at least 20 to 30 different markets. Right. Everybody is saying it's predictably unpredictable. So what we're seeing is you can have a market and it seems to be that there's a certain price band that's just flying off the shelf. Like, Uh you know, like there's that, there's that magic point that, Hey, if it's under that price point, you can expect multiple offers. You can expect bidding wars, not necessarily going above asking price, Mm -hmm. but there's different from last year. Right. Which is, which is different. And then there'll be another segment of the market that's you price it sharply. Yes, it will sell. It just might not sell right away. And then there's another segment that's really busy as well. And it's not that it's, it, it is as you go higher, the demand changes. It's right. sometimes the really entry level is crazy busy and the luxury is busy, but it's the middle of the road. It is more steady. I agree. That's applying that everybody I'm talking to, whether they're in um, the state of Minnesota and the twin cities or in other parts of the country, they, they all concur. That's the case. It is an unpredictable thing. We've got inventory um, in all price points that is moving into multiple offers and moving in one weekend. And mm-hmm. we have a comparable home. I really do believe it's that we are going back to that HGTV experience, right? If it's a lockdown and just really solid and, you know, just sweet, completely perfect. That mm-hmm. stuff is attractive. That inventory is attractive. And that's the stuff that's moving. That's the inventory that's moving really quickly. If it's not that or priced correctly, then it's sitting a little longer. The good news is the good news is that it's all moving. It's all moving. Um, in our market right now, Janet, we're looking at an absorption rate of 40, uh, 45 days. That means that the amount of inventory hitting our system for the most part is fully absorbed within 45 days. What are you seeing in other parts of the country right now? It's, oh my gosh, there, there's- Question. It depends, it depends on the market, but what I'm seeing is inventory is much better than it was at the beginning of the year. It's probably not 
up to the levels it was at in Q4. Right. And it's definitely not at the levels yet where we had pre-COVID, but it's certainly better than it was. Mm-hmm. Right. It's certainly better yeah. than it was. Um, it the the days on market right now is longer than it was last year. Mm-hmm. But it but it's still healthier than it was at the beginning of the quarter. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, is. and you know me, I'm obsessed with all of my coaching clients being absolute experts at answering the question, how's the market? Mm-hmm. So I'm getting people to understand how many total active listings are there? How many have sold in the last 30 days? What's the average days on market? What's the average price point? And the additional data point I'm getting people to make sure they understand mm-hmm. is when was the last peak of the market, right? right? When was the last peak of the market and what were the market conditions when we were at the peak? And how does and how are we doing now compared to the peak? Mm-hmm. Everybody, every every homeowner remembers that, oh my gosh, my neighbor got 900,000. Well, when did he sell? Mm-hmm. Oh, it was like May 2022. And if you can say, you know what? I can understand that because that was the peak of the market was May 2022. We're sitting at about 15% or 18% off the peak. And mm-hmm. here's how things are right now compared to where we were at the peak. Right. That is a valuable piece of information for every agent to know. Well, you know, and I do think high level, I always say, let's not get into the weeds when we're talking um, local or national analytics and moving and, you know, how long it's taking to, for this inventory to go. The good news is the inventory is going. There is a need right now. People are moving. They do want to be informed. They are ready to make that decision. I think the conversation that really needs to happen is how do you move 40% of the market demographic that's been in their home for 20 plus years, that's really overwhelmed by the prospect. And how do we navigate the conversation, which I've been coaching on personally quite a lot and getting them to a place where they're like, that's okay. I don't know what I'm doing right now. The inventory is needed. I'm going to put my house on the market right now and I'll figure that piece out later. We just uh, discussed this last week on our midweek market update, and what we're doing is putting people in rentals. So we're having the conversation. They're like, yeah, the inventory is in need and we want to sell. We just don't know where we're going. Like, let's not worry about that right now. Let's Mm -hmm. look at a temporary solution and let's get your house ready to go. And we'll put the team around you because they're overwhelmed, right? A lot of that inventory out there is needing a lot of work. Um, and they're very vested and settled in. So I do think we have an influx more than ever before um, in our you know history of homes where there's all inventory available. They're just having a hard time getting to the place where they're ready to sell it because they don't know what they're doing. Would you agree? Right. And so you're saying these are the homeowners that are probably in their 50s and 60s, mm-hmm. have been in their house 20, 30 years, and they have years and years and years of not only furniture, but memories and just the thought of decluttering, moving. So putting a team around them. Putting Um, a team around them. The other strategy I have agents doing is, yes, you want to target those homeowners, 50s, 60s, 70s, who are going to be moving. But you know what? Where do their children live, right? Mm -hmm. Where do their children live? Because chances are, 
that it's the 30 and 40 year old who are going to help that parent mm -hmm. out and downsize. Right. And so yeah. if you can think outside the box and you can, and even if that adult child lives in a different market yeah. as part of your marketing strategy, you can say, Hey, we have referral partners all across the country. In fact, exactly. all across Canada and the U S so mm -hmm. also be targeting those adult children who have the parents who need to downsize. Yeah. You know, the word we're using here and why I think it's an important conversation because the agents across the board are all struggling with the same thing, right? Finding more inventory. Uh, these uh, stories are not necessarily downsizing. That's not the word we've been using. They're right sizing. In some right. cases, the homes are bigger. In many mm -hmm. cases, they own second and third homes. I know here in the state of Minnesota, a lot of these owners have lake homes and mm -hmm. they viscerally, especially after the winter we just came off of, they viscerally want a warm climate experience, but right. not full time. They still want roots. That's in our market, which mm -hmm. makes us interesting in the fact that we are a market that's definitely a cross-border market. We're playing right now in warm markets and desirable markets like Florida, Colorado. Right. Arizona, Texas, mm -hmm. California, those, that's a very relevant part of our market right now here. Mm -hmm. the, every time we walk into this conversation where they stall out, and I call it solution-based thinking when we have the conversation is what are they going to do here? Like in Minnesota or where, wherever you are as an agent or a homeowner, um, wherever that might be, they get caught up in the solution for their roots there. Like in this case, they don't want, they don't know if they want to go into a condo yet. They maybe want to consider something that's lock and leave that's smaller and square footage, but they're so stressed out about the idea of figuring that piece out. They're stalling out on listing their home. So our band and it's been working. Our bandaid has been, we have a list of short-term and long-term rental options. And we just say, wipe that out of your mind right now. Don't even think about it. Don't worry about that. Let's just put you in this situation for six months to 12 months. So you're not feeling like you're pressed for time and let's take advantage of the market right now. And we will help you through the stuff management and get this house ready to go. We're going to be featuring a piece today. We just did a house in five days that oh, I see real on that. Yeah, that's awesome. been there five days. we got it prepped and we'll be in multiple offers this weekend. It's a million dollar home in a highly desirable pocket in Minneapolis. That's a real thing. So it's mm -hmm. just feeling the confidence and the ability to, they just are so overwhelmed. It's the psychology play. And I right. really think that's relevant everywhere right now, everywhere, because there's such a big population of those people. And it's important for the agents on your team and, you know, agents in general to keep that in mind that, that it is a really long courtship, especially when you're, you're dealing with, with the right sizers, like they don't make decisions quickly. No. <laughs> it, they definitely like attention to details. They definitely want to have things figured out before they make a move. So also be very, very, very proactive in your approach when dealing with that demographic, because you're building trust and rapport. Absolutely. And once you get that trust and rapport, you have their loyalty. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But just know it, it's going to be a longer, it could be a long courtship. And when you develop, deliver the knowledge and you have solutions for them, that's what matters. 
It was really a big deal. And I think it's a learning lesson for everybody out there, for the people that are on the fence about what they're doing in their life to know that that is an option and there is a solution. But for the agents all over the country scrambling for homes, you know, finding inventory, solution-based thinking may be their ticket. They just need to put a plan around that. So they're articulating it a way that it can be received. I think that if we all did that collaboratively, we'd have a much better handle on our inventory crisis, as we call it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The other piece of that that becomes really important is, hey, if I'm an agent in your market and I know that a lot of your clients and potential clients are gravitating toward or, or being snowbirds, mm -hmm. right? And want to have spend their winters in Florida as an agent in your market, I would make sure that I have connections with agents in Florida, mm -hmm. right? Because I want to have those referral partnerships. So right. when they go to purchase, I can say with confidence, you know who I need to connect you? I need to connect you to whoever it is in those specific parts in Florida, because guess what else might happen? They go to spend a winter there and they think, oh my gosh, we love it here. We'd like to buy. Right. Then they develop, they start looking with an agent in Florida mm -hmm. and that agent in Florida says, oh, you're in Minneapolis. You know who I, who I talk to all the time mm -hmm. is Carrie Ann and her team. So that initial thought of selling the home might start with a conversation in Florida. Oh, absolutely. I totally agree with that. So you obviously know Kevin Coulter. We hired Kevin uh, as our sales directors. We're building the team and we have made an executive decision and it's common sense that we're going to definitely by the end of the year be in Naples, Florida, in Scottsdale, Arizona. Kevin is a broker in Florida, Arizona, Colorado, and Minnesota conveniently, which is super cool. Um, we separately have all these relationships, just as you speak of through the Tom Ferry organization, where we have these relationships with these agents. So mm -hmm. wherever that might be, because it might not be right there in Naples, maybe it's Sarasota. This applies to everybody, right? Setting up those relationships is uber important because it's a real part of, again, of this um, micro um, populace. Of, it's not so micro either. It's pretty big. They are um, living in multiple states. A lot of them are, they have multiple homes. That's the, that's a decade thing going. I, I believe you've got a whole um, population of people that are very much experiential and they absolutely are not going to be living in just one state. They're just not. So those relationships, having those built in and making sure that is being communicated. Cause if you don't ask, you're not going to receive. And if you don't share, they're not going to know. <laughs> that's what I think anyway. Uh, so how do the other uh, markets feel about this? Are they feeling the same kind of um, effect, if you will, about the population of buyers and sellers, you know, that um, empty nesting faction versus in our city, it's very split, divided. It's a heavy mm -hmm. millennial market and it's a heavy empty nesting market. It's a very divided market here. Mm hmm it all comes back to the fundamentals of real estate. When you're meeting with your clients and meeting with potential clients, you have to know their DNA. I've used that acronym with your term, with your, with your team, right? Knowing the client's DNA. D is desire. What's, what's the desire to move? What is triggering them 
to say, we're thinking of selling, we're thinking of buying, we're thinking of right sizing. Like what is the desire for that? And is need, what do they need in their next property? Is it more space? Is it less stairs? Is it proximity to transit? Is it a certain school district? What is that need? And then A, what is their ability to move? If the right property came up tomorrow, they could make a move or does something else have to happen? The youngest needs to get accepted to college and move out, Mm -hmm. right? So it's, it's again, love for the agents leveling up their knowledge of their clients and understanding the DNA because then when you have that level of understanding with the client then you can really nurture that relationship you're not picking up the phone saying hey are you ready to move are you ready to list you're going back to something they told you about what they need in their next home or what's triggering their desire to move Mm -hmm. totally makes sense it's a, I think something that's absolutely learned. It's not innate in a lot of people. So being able to connect on that level is so, so important. So to transition really quickly, you just came back from the mastery and I'm sure this was a conversation that was a heavy play and that explain to everybody what the mastery is. What is the mastery? So, so in Tom Ferry team coaching, there's, there's three levels of team coaching, right? There's the growth group, the mastery group, and then the legacy group. And as you go up through the three levels, it's, it's bigger teams. And so this was, this was the, the middle group. And this, it's really interesting when you get a group of highly successful, highly driven, smart business people Mm -hmm. running teams, all different markets. And they're all feeling, feeling the same sentiments and the same emotions. Yeah. And of course we had Tom speaking there. One of the other speakers was Jimmy Mackin from Curator. And I mean, there were there was a couple of points that he made that people really took notice. And one of the slides he put up and he, he said, hey, it's the real estate hunger games right now. He compared it to, I, I believe the year was 2012. And he said, in 2012, there was 4.5 million transactions. 2023, we're predicted to have, again, 4.5 million transactions. Mm-hmm. The difference is the number of realtors in the market. Right. It's a real thing. 999,000, 2023, 1.6 million agents. Mm-hmm. It, it, so if you convert that into a visual, if you think of a, a pie, there's mm-hmm. just like, there's so many more forks going oh, yeah. in and, and, and wanting to grab their slice of pie. Mm-hmm. So you yeah, can't go the same fork. It's almost like you have to have like the, the super scooper to go in and get your share. And you, you got to get in there. Like you got to get in there fast. Oh, it's a true thing. I've always, I've used the slice of pie analogy for a long time. In 98, when I got into the business, it was eight slices of pie, I would say. And now right. in this city, it's 500 slices of pie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a different ball game. And, you know, we all know 90% of that, um, pie, there's not a lot of transaction work happening. It's a very small, it's actually higher than that. It's a very small pool of people, um, in the industry, professionals in the industry that really do this well and really understand the business of real estate. So, um, but the common eye doesn't know that, right? And it, whether we like it or not, we there's competition out there. So it the the you know commitment 
um, in making sure all of the lines are in the water and we're leveling up, whether it be social media, website creation, support systems internally to be able to supply the need with the servicing they really need is the secret sauce, in my opinion. It really is. I don't well, see that. I'm hoping it stabilizes. I'm hoping over the next year, we're going to see as the market becomes more, I don't want to say challenging, but it'll be more complex. Um, I'm wondering what the sustainability will be with a lot of these agents that have entered the system. Right. You absolutely have to work harder. Oh, you yeah. absolutely work harder. But the good news is if you have a very focused approach and you're focusing on the long game and you're focused on delivering value. Mm -hmm. Agree. You're going to be successful. Absolutely. You're going to be successful. Um, I was listening to, I don't know if you ever listened to the real estate marketing dude podcast. Yes. He's great. And uh, he had a mortgage broker on a few weeks ago. And I really liked what they were saying. He was talking about the fact is if you believe that you're going to run a thriving real estate business simply by helping people buy and sell a property, right? <laughs> you might survive. You're not going to thrive. Like you really have to shift your focus and think of yourself as you're like a financial advisor. Mm -hmm. The difference is it's houses, it's real estate, it's properties that you're advising people on. Right. So every time you have a conversation, it might not be about buying or selling, right? It might be about renovating or repairs, or it might be about long-term properties, or it might be about taking equity out and buying a vacation property right. or an investment property. It's Absolutely. having that advisory approach mm -hmm. that, that's going to get you the, get you the business. It's a good, it's great advice. Cause it's so, so true. I mean, it's a relationship, right? And you all, you're wearing a hat of a, almost a counselor. These mm -hmm. people that you meet in your life are with you for a long time. If you're doing, doing the work well, and it's not just about buying and selling real estate. There's a lot more to it. It's about a lifestyle and mm -hmm. it's about family and it's about investment and, you know, growth. And if you can look at it and, and I always say, come out of the weeds and like the umbrella approach, live way up here and look down. And I always say, um, pretend you're the receiver of the information, play both yeah. sides of the table. It's yes. A really well-rounded way to be clear about what's coming out <laughs> to make you sure know, it's you receive. It's interesting. Every fall, NAR comes out with their survey of buyers and sellers, right? Like what's right. going on in the heads of buyers and sellers. And I always read through those statistics and I always think like, what are the, the two or three numbers that really pop out at, for me? And mm -hmm. so last fall, when I read it, there was two numbers that really stuck out for me. And it was 67% of buyers and 80% of sellers only contact one agent. Like they go two thirds, like at least two thirds of people go with the first agent that they develop a relationship with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the, the challenge I put back to you and put onto everybody is how are you going to be the first? Mm -hmm. How are you going to be the first one that gets their attention? Mm -hmm. It's true. It's absolutely true. And whether that's through maintaining really good relationships with your past clients, leaning on your past clients to help 
bring you in other business. It's through your content creation. So you get noticed. It's through hosting open houses. It's through attending networking events. It's by having meetings and connections with your own sphere. Right. You know, it's always been interesting listening over the years of coaching and listening to you, Janet, in the time I've worked with you. Really, all of us say the same thing, right? In terms of what business means, whether you're in this business or anything. Fundamentally, what I think people miss is you got to start and do the work yeah. and commit to the long game. Actually commit to doing the hard work. All of this is attainable. There's more than enough people that need support and help out there. Lack mm -hmm. of business is not the issue here. It's leveling up and being willing to do the hard work. And oh, you just said, we've all said so many times in different ways, right? It's receiving it and taking it in and processing and analyzing and then doing, <laughs> actually doing the work. <laughs> and, and getting really clear on what you're building, right? right. What are you building in three and 10 years? What do you want to build by the end of this current year? Mm -hmm. And then what do you want to accomplish in the next 90 days? Mm-hmm reminding yourself of that every single morning of what do I want to get done yeah. by the end of this 90 day cycle? And what am I doing specifically today? That's mm -hmm. allowing me to go one step in the right direction. Right. So as you're coaching and you know what, I totally I have a young team. I love on my young team. There are so many gifts and amazingness that comes from learning from that age differential. Um, mm -hmm. I, I love it. There's also the learning curve, right? Of how do you coach and how do you um, perceive them receiving the information? And I know this is an issue, this is not issue, but this is being felt and is a real thing everywhere for all work environments, like the teaching process and mm -hmm. how you get the outcomes that you're coaching. Mm -hmm. What's your take on that? And how are you coaching both team leaders out there and young teams out there. So there's a um, connection, if you will. And there's a meeting of the mindsets coming together. Cause I do think sometimes there's a fragment, like there's a little bit of a miss in the connection that used to be not so complicated. The business has gotten more complicated, right? I call it the specialization of each faction of operation. Um, and it requires more effort and energy and teaching it isn't easy. So how do you make that cohesive? <laughs> so where, so where you, you're feeling a disconnection between what and what? Implementing. So, right. so when you're teaching um, a process. Yes. Do you agree that one of the challenges out there is there's a blockage and people tend to put up a wall and kind of get in their own way. Meaning are they getting to the outcome that they want to get to and hitting the goals they want to hit? And what's the psychological component to that, that you can help them move through so they can mm -hmm. have the successes that they want in their life. You see what I mean? I feel like, yeah. Um, in part, it's not because they don't want, this is anybody, right? They don't want the success, the complexity of the moving parts around getting something accomplished now 
has a lot, is a lot more involved than it used to be. Things aren't as simple as they used to be. And people get caught up in the many processes and then they don't get to the end game. Does that make sense? Or, or they don't even move forward. Correct. Big so, problem. So yeah. there's, there's, there's two scenarios that I, that I see. I, I see one where they know what they want, but they're so afraid to take the first step because mm -hmm. they're like, oh, what if that's not the right step? I've got to make sure I take the perfect right step. Right. And we know in a business like real estate where it runs at such a fast pace, right. if you wait till you get it perfect, you miss the opportunity. And the reality is there is no there is no perfection. There is no, there is no perfect. There is so no perfect. Yeah. The people I see achieving growth in their businesses is the ones that have, okay, I know what I need to do. Okay. Let's, let's take the next step. If it's right, we're going to keep on that path. Mm -hmm. And if it's wrong, we're going to pivot and we're going to adjust and mm -hmm. we'll make it better. Right. Like I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure that happened to you when you were launching this podcast, right? You had a vision of what you were going to do and maybe as you were going through it, you're like, oh, those logistics didn't really work out. Right. But no, since we did it and didn't go according to plan, I know how to pivot it. Right. right. And you just making it better and better. It's like making a recipe, you follow the recipe, mm -hmm. but then you realize you need to adjust the seasoning or you need to bake it a little bit longer. And you, can just, you just keep making a better and better version. So problem yeah. number one or scenario number one is that they, um, they're, they, they want to have it perfect and they get paralyzed, right? right. And they don't take the mm -hmm. first step. Yep. The, the other situation I see is, and this happens very much when people go to events, mm -hmm. right? Oh my God, I attended this event. I know exactly what I'm going to do. I have like, they're just full of energy. They're just like, okay, I know what I need to do. So they have the awareness mm -hmm. and that's where it ends. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they have the awareness, but what you have to do is it's really a five-step process. You have to say, A, awareness. Okay. What do I need to do? Mm -hmm. And step two is like, break it down. What are the action steps that I need to do? Okay. I need to hire this person. I need to study. I need to study this. I need to learn this. I need to build this. Okay. Now you've got the action steps, but where people stall there is they don't create accountability to getting the work done. And right. the way you accountability is you build it in your schedule, mm -hmm. right? You build in your schedule time when you're going to learn or build in your schedule time when you're going to prospect, whatever right. the action item is. Yep. And then the fourth step is they have to regularly assess their progress, right? right? Keep what's working, change what's not, mm -hmm. right? Make the adjustments in your habits. You assess it and guess what? you keep moving along the path and you achieve your results. Mm -hmm. So that's the five-step process yeah. to making progress and achieving your goals. Meet coach Janet, everybody. <laughs> that is all true. And we both know that, but even with all of that, I don't know if it is something going on in terms of, I think that world events, I call it glitter, social media, this is crazy, right? The distraction alone with yes. this. Um, I feel like there is almost a fog that takes over for people. This is just yes. generally speaking. I'm just, just, I'm not picking on any one person at all. There's, I mean, there's, a, there's a lot of speaking. 
There's, the there's a lot of distractions in the world right now. Yeah. Whether it's in your own world yeah. or world events. Yeah. And it's teaching people how I use the word buckets and compartmentalizing. I mean, mm-hmm. it, life can throw you some big, big, big problems. Like, you know, there's some big stuff, health issues, parents, children, you know, mm-hmm. all kinds of things. Right. Um, and the only way you can navigate it in my mind is, especially when you're operating something that's got a lot of moving parts, like this business does is you compartmentalize and you put it into buckets and you got to go all in, like whatever you're working on, regardless of what's happening around you, you get it done, You focus and you get it done perfection. And then you move on to the next thing. Um, as team leaders out there, all of us, I've talked to many, uh, we're perfecting a lots of lists. Like we have now more people to operate our businesses and with the right. bucket, there's a list of perfection, like boxes that have to be checked and the people in front of you are doing a really great job, but it's the detail that takes the time and it's compartmentalized now in a way that takes more time to effectively get through the workload. That's just what it is. I don't know if there's an answer to that. Um, I just think it is what it is. Oh, I, find, I find your team leaders get stuck and get stalled or they get overwhelmed. Yeah. Is, is they want to keep the control. They want to keep the control within themselves or they're keeping the processes and checklists in between their, in between Correct. their ears. And so the solution is always systems and support, right? Systems support. Where, where do I need more support? Who do I need to hire? Who do I need to consult with? Who do I need to collaborate with? Whose role, like who do I currently have on my team? Who's amazing, but I need to redefine their role. Mm-hmm. So they give me the support that I need. That's so you right. always need to be checking in on your, the support you have to reach your goals. And mm-hmm. then the other one is systems. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Do you have a process and checklist to map this out? Or are you, are you winging it? Or are you just doing it by memory? Because you can, you can't go at a fast pace or you can't go, you can't execute with accuracy mm-hmm. unless you have it, unless you have it documented. It's so true. So true. You know, and uh, I, even with us, we had like at the beginning of the year, we, when we brought Kevin on board, we have an operations manual, right? Ap- operations manual in the world of operations manuals, maybe a third uh, of what it needed to be. So in that, as a understanding of checklists, it's really digging deep. Like for me personally, what it's been is digging deep on the things that are really hard to do and you just got to do them. You think you got it checked, but it's not checked well enough. It's got to be better. And I always say to the team, it's never going to be done. And it's never going to be perfect because things keep changing. And as changing, you have to improve the systems. So you have to be willing to live there and be okay with that because the box isn't really ever permanently checked. It's checked for that moment in time. And then you have to revisit it. And that's just how it is. (laughs) And and sometimes it's good to look at examples outside your real estate business. I agree. And look at outside at different industries to see how those industries, those businesses are running and are successful and then draw on that and see what you can take away from that. Mm-hmm. Totally. Right? 
I, I, I always use, I love using Fairmont hotels as an example. Oh yeah. I love that. Because whether I'm walking into the Fairmont here in Whistler or in LA or Miami or wherever they are around the world, I can feel confident that I'm going to have that same experience, right? right? The person behind the desk is going to greet me the same way. I'm going to, and that's why I keep being loyal to that brand because it's that same service. Right. And they didn't get their service standards right from the beginning. They were constantly elevating them and refining them. Ooh, our, our clients really appreciate that or our customers appreciate that. We need to do more of that. Right. Or we had complaints about this. Let's let's level that up. And so it's the same thing with our real estate businesses. Oh, it's always finding and elevating them. And Fine. it's yeah, it's true. Real estate is so intense. I would I would challenge everybody to like look outside, look outside real estate. What are the brands that you are loyal to, whether mm -hmm. it's a product or a service? Why are you loyal to that brand? What do they give you as a customer as an experience? Mm -hmm makes you keep going back and back. I love that. And how, can you, how can you take that and put that into your real estate business? That is a nugget right there, Janet, for real. I mean, if anything, I could just jump that to the very beginning because it's so spot on true, spot on true. So when you are, because um, we're going to blow through our time so fast here today, and I know you have to coach. Uh, <laughs> when you are doing, so you've been speaking, Yes. Um, quite a lot. You've really amped that up actually. So share with everybody. I mean, you could do your own side gig here, girl, and be <laughs> on the road doing your thing. Right. So share with everybody really quickly. Like if you were to, um, you know, on five points, uh, what you're doing, where you're doing it and how you're doing it, what does that look like in terms of your coaching model personally for people? My, my on coaching the road, on the road when you're speaking, I mean, Oh, on the road. Well, it's, you know, I really look at what's, what are the pain points of the agents right now? What do they need to hear about? Right. So at the beginning of the year, when I'm doing speaking, I often focus on writing business plans, setting goals, tracking and measuring, because that's what people need at that point in time. Mm -hmm. I spoke Two weeks ago, when I was in Scottsdale, I spoke at the Wire event, the Women Influencing Real Estate event. I couldn't be there. And, I wish I could have been. I'm sure it was amazing. It, it was really fun. I mean, Debbie Holloway is such a great leader in this industry and, yeah. and bringing all us women together. And uh, the title of my presentation was three words, stop chasing squirrels. Mm -hmm. I saw that. Stop, stop chasing squirrels mm -hmm. because... I find once we get into Q2, into this market where it can really get busy, mm -hmm. we get really distracted. Yeah. We get really distracted. And so my, my focus during that talk was about, you know, you need, you can't do it all. You've got to have the right tools to keep you on track. And it, it, it's a combination of three tools. I said, you need to have a journal because you need to have a, a notebook and a pen where you can write down your thoughts, you can rewrite your goals, you can document the highs and the lows of this journey you're going through right? and your gratitudes and affirmations. So really focus on your mindset. And then I said, the second tool that you need is some kind of project management tool, some kind of task manager, like Asana or ClickUp or Monday, something that's going to keep you 
focused and reminded of here's what I need to do today. Mm -hmm. So you've got, the, you don't even have to think you've got the tasks in front of you. Yeah. And then I said, the third tool you need is your Google calendar, mm -hmm. right? A, a, it doesn't have to be Google, but a calendar where you don't even have to think like it just pops up and it says, Hey, I need to be on this podcast today at this time. This is what I'm, like, I just know when I'm doing the things that I need to do to reach my goals. Oh, you have to have that. <laughs> so it, have there's that. squirrels everywhere. Mm -hmm. There's squirrels everywhere. And so if you want to stop chasing squirrels, use that combination of those three tools, a journal, mm -hmm. a task management tool, like a sauna and a calendar, an electronic calendar. So you know when to, when to do the things that you need to do. Yep. Spot on. That's a beautiful thing. Why do you think people struggle to just do it? Because we're not naturally wired to be disciplined and focused. There you go. Whenever you see somebody who's just, oh my gosh, how do they do it? They're just like, they're in the office at the same time every day. They absolutely make their phone calls. They're never late for a meeting. That is not their natural DNA. They have worked at it. It's just like when you see someone who's in incredibly great physical shape, mm -hmm. they work at it. They're very disciplined about what they eat, what they drink, when they exercise, when they sleep. Mm -hmm. It's true. You're absolutely right. It's a yeah. commitment for sure. Do you think that um, if you were to put a percentage on it of people, generally speaking, if you put a, put a percentage in how many people can successfully do that 100% of the time, what would it be? If I had to put a percentage on how many people actually do it, mm -hmm. it's, I mean, the studies always show that people who actually reach their goals, it's single digit percentages. I know. It's, it's single digit percentages, but the, the people that if, if you sit, you could absolutely achieve 80% of your goals. Mm -hmm. No problem. If you I, sit down and just be very disciplined in your approach. Mm -hmm. Totally agree with that. So are you scheduling your personal speaking engagements, um, outside of Tom Ferry or is it exclusively for Tom Ferry? Like, do you have a schedule somewhere that you advertise where you're going to be speaking? How does, how do people find you if they want to hear you? Um, it'll, it'll show up on my social media. Okay. And if anyone is interested in having me speaking at an event, it, the easiest thing to do is just reach out to me on my website at janetmiller.coach, which is my website. And the, on the contact me form, they can, they can definitely connect with me. So when we do um, drop this, we'll make sure to set up all those links for Janet. Um, I know that me personally have, I mean, I've loved, I've had three amazing coaches with Tom Ferry since I've joined and Janet being the most recent and all of you have been brilliant and unique in your own way of talent and where I'm at in my career personally right now, Janet's just been a gift and I know the team adores you. And I think you've got amazing shares. So I'm so grateful always for your insight. And I love being able to, you know, I think that everybody can learn from this, whether they're in this business or not. I think there's absolutely a nugget here. So thank you for taking some time. And, and can we give you a little bit of a plug? Because you're going to be speaking sometime yeah. soon. <laughs> yeah, I am. Yeah, I know. I've got to talk to the social media. I've got Carter Bryce right here. Um, we will be uh, here in the Twin Cities um, with Tom Ferry on May 8th. 
and we're going to be actually starting that plug on Monday. I think we just submitted uh, the PowerPoint for the presentation. I'm super excited and grateful. Uh, Janet um, suggested I speak at this event and I'm honored to be able to do so. Um, I'm going to be focusing on listings and mm -hmm. I've got a lot of fabulous shares that I'm super excited um, to give to y'all. So I'm super excited about it. It's going to be really fun. And, and for agents in your marketplace, I want them to know is that you don't currently have to be part of the coaching system to attend. The great thing about this event is that it that it's open to all agents in your marketplace. So to, to attend a day when you hear from Tom and industry leaders like yourself, they're absolutely going to walk away with, with nuggets. Oh my God, so many nuggets. The knowledge every time, everybody... I'm a part of one of the, these events. I always come away with a major nugget, like a real win, 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 win. Yeah. Um, so valuable. So, so valuable. And anyone coming to these, everybody wants to share and help each other. Like I always say, there is so much business to be had. We're here to help each other. So it's going to be a really fun day. And I'm completely mentally, I'm not nervous even, Janet. I'm just like, I just wanted to get the PowerPoint done. <laughs> That. You're going to be a star. I can't, I can't worry to hear all about it. Yeah. It's going to be really fun. Thank you so much for that opportunity. I do appreciate it. All right, everybody, Janet Miller, coach Janet Miller, we will uh, throw up the hashtags and website and contact information for you, Janet. So looking forward to seeing you again soon. Uh, thank you for joining us today on fly the coop, everybody. We will see you soon. Yeah. Take care. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Fly the Coop. Be sure you subscribe to the show and leave us a review. I sure would appreciate it. We'll see you next time in the coop.